Gary Watches Wrestling Podcast, Sunday, April 5th, 2020. My name is Gary Cantrell, and night two of WrestleMania has just wrapped up. Well, about 20 minutes ago, they had this Undertaker Last Ride preview on, which looked very, very fascinating, actually, and I'm hoping to uh, check that out whenever it comes out. But the 15 minutes they showed were pretty interesting. But let's talk about this WrestleMania. Uh, I'm actually just going to run in order because there's just so much that went on here. I just want to say that overall, I did find it to be an enjoyable show, all things considered. I thought that everybody put up a good effort, and uh, it was an enjoyable show. So let's talk about it in the pre-show. We had Natalia and Liv Morgan. And good Lord, there was a lot of smiling in this match. I got to tell you that Natalia is just an absolute pro through and through. She took control early on. Liv came back, and then it was back to Natalia. There's a lot of back and forth. Liv Morgan actually wins on a roll-up. Um, but uh, again, this was, you know, for a pre-show, it was, it was a little bit above average for a pre-show, in my opinion. We had uh, Stephanie to open up the main show, just like last night, saying pretty much the same thing. There was this uh, video that we seen last night. It's the exact same one where it's like this um, this attempt at like a serious like movie trailer type intro. And there's like this uh, English man that keeps cutting it off at like every every moment for whatever reason. I don't know. I didn't find it very, very good, but that's just my opinion. Uh, Rob Gronkowski at the opening welcoming welcoming us back. To uh, WrestleMania night number two, opening match, Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley, NXT Championship. A lot of smack talk here between these two. Um, each, uh, each of them got a good amount of offense in, a lot of back and forth. Charlotte working over Rhea's uh, leg, her left leg. Rhea got a nice top rope drop kick. Um, there was a standing cloverleaf from Rhea. Uh, Charlotte came back with a Boston Crab, a figure four, and finally tapped Rhea Ripley out with a figure eight. All in all, I thought this was a, a great opener for night two. I, I I would say as far as the women's matches, I, I liked it better than the tag match uh, last night, in my opinion. Up next, we had uh, Alistair Black and Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley actually out with Lana. I had... Forgot that those two were together. That's how long ago it's been since um, I think we've seen these two. It, it, either that or I'm just not paying attention. But uh, Alistair wins with the black mask. There wasn't a, a ton to this match. Just a lot of back and forth. A big, you know, big bunch of power moves from big guys. But uh, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too long either, thankfully. We had an ad for the Money in the Bank show on May 10th. I hope that that show is actually happening. But we'll see. Uh, we're back with uh, Charlie Caruso with uh, Rob Gronkowski. He says he wants to win the uh, 24-7 title before the end of the night. Up next, uh, Otis and Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler comes out with Sonya Deville. Lots of Dolph beating down Otis early on. Lots of taunting. Uh, halfway through the match, Otis starts dancing and gyrating his belly, which is uh, signaling the comeback here. Sonya is on the apron, distracted. Uh, Otis Ziggler kicks him from behind out comes Mandy Rose slaps Sonia low blows Dolph caterpillar elbow to the chest Otis wins Mandy raises his hand he picks her up and they kiss how about that 
All right, Edge and Randy Orton. This one here, a very long match, nearly 40 minutes. This is the last man standing match. Edge looking really, really ripped, like even better than he looked at the Rumble. He he was ready for this WrestleMania match. You could tell. Um, Orton actually snuck up from behind him and, and got an RKO before the bell even rang. They showed a replay, and Orton was actually pretending to be a cameraman, which was kind of interesting. Um, and then after that, Orton hits another RKO after the uh, referee rings the bell to start the match. Orton's kind of taunting him saying, you know, I loved you like a brother. This is all happening because of you. Edge slips out of the ring, uh, at a count of nine after Orton beats him down a little bit. Orton comes out, hits him with a camera, knocks him over to the barricade. They're fighting back into the gym. There's like this, this main room where they have the ring and the stage and everything. And then towards the back of the room, you have the, uh, the gym, and so they're going back in the gym. Uh, there's all these like different uh, weight equipment and and uh, jungle gym looking type things. And uh, Orton actually wraps some ropes around Edge's neck, saying that he'll always love him. I mean, look, nothing says I love you like ropes tied around your neck. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> so they're fighting all over this gym. Um, Orton is kind of beating him down up against a wall. He goes over and sees one of those sleighs, you know, where they put a bunch of weights and they push it across a room. He's going to try to ram Edge with that, but Edge moves out of the way. They uh, start fighting into a production area, which is on the other side of this uh, curtain that's uh, behind the the main room area. Very tight area. So tight, in fact, that Orton told one of the cameramen to get out of his way as he's uh, trying to uh, navigate these uh, tight areas and they fight through the main ringside area again. Then they go to the other side of the performance center where you have the conference. There's a conference room back there, a big table. There's actually a chain link fence hanging from the ceiling. And so edge throws Orton onto the table and then he actually climbs onto this fence that's hanging from the ceiling to drop on top of Orton on the uh, conference table. There's uh, some fighting through the hallway, Orton slamming edge against a couple of different walls and into a cameraman knocking him down. This takes them back into a storage area, kind of a big warehouse looking type thing. And Orton's throwing edge into a stack of steel steps. Edge climbs up a ladder, cl- jumps off, uh, jumps off this like platform onto Orton through a table they're fighting onto a pickup truck. Orton's getting a DDT on uh, on Edge on the on the bed of the truck. There's a tractor trailer next to this truck. They climb up on that. Orton tries to go for an RKO. Edge catches him with a spear. Orton's down. A referee counts to nine. He gets up. Edge tries to spear him. He gets an RKO for his troubles. This is where Orton wants to go for the concerto um, and says, "Edge, you can go back to your girl soon." Uh, edge counters it with a, uh, the submission hold that he's, uh, that he did to MVP on that raw a couple of weeks ago, the, uh, ref starts to count and edge says, don't you fucking count. <laughs> and so now edge is teasing a concerto. He's crying. He's, he's filled with so much emotion. This story has really reached a peak. And then finally you see his face. It's just filled with rage. He hits Randy Orton with the concerto and the ref counts Randy Orton out for a count of 10. Yes, this was nearly 40 minutes long. I did this in about two minutes, but the match itself was nearly 40 minutes long. It was, uh, some argued online that it was a little too long. 
Um, I'm not going to complain about the match necessarily. I thought it was really good. Was it long? Yes. I was looking at my watch like, wow, this is really long, but I thought the match was good. Okay. After this, we see Mojo being chased out from the backstage area by what had to be more than 10 guys. So we're not practicing social distancing here. Um, they're all trying to beat up Mojo, but Gronk runs in and gets the pin for the 24 seven championship. Following this, we have the Raw Tag Team titles, the Street Profits versus Austin Theory and Angel Garza. Street Profits retains kind of a short and sweet match with a lot of good action for how long that it was. Um, the end saw Montez Ford off the top with a frog splash onto Austin Theory, and uh, Austin Theory was pinned by Dawkins. Uh, right after the match was over, uh, Garza and Theory beat them down after the match. Zelina. They're holding up Montez for Selena, uh, who's going to go and kick him. And then Bianca Belair runs out to save her husband, Montez Ford, and uh, takes out Zelina. So that was uh, pretty interesting. Then we have the five-way SmackDown Women's Championship elimination match. Sasha versus Lacey versus Tamina versus Naomi versus Bailey. That is actually the order in which they came out. And now here's the eliminations. Tamina eliminated by everyone. They all crowded onto her to get her out. Naomi was eliminated by Sasha, which uh, if I remember correctly, was a submission hold. Sasha was eliminated by Lacey with a stiff women's right knockout punch. And finally, Lacey eliminated by Bailey. Bailey retains the SmackDown Women's Championship. Then after that, I don't know what this was, but it was the Firefly Funhouse match. The Fiend Bray Wyatt in John Cena. So much happened here. I'm, I did not get everything down in my notes because I'm trying to take notes and like something new, something bizarre, something that I don't know what's going on keeps happening. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. So uh, we see John Cena come out, which looks like a traditional entrance and it kind of like phases into this funhouse world where you have the, you know, you have the Firefly Funhouse intro and Bray Wyatt's doing some talking then we see uh, Cena, who's now in the funhouse, and he's looking of where to go. That that uh, Bucky, what is that? Was it like a beaver? I'm thinking of Kevin Dunn, I guess. Uh, it's a rabbit or a beaver or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, tells Cena to go through the door. Cena goes through the door into some darkness, and we see him run into the Vince puppet, the evil Vince. There's all these like weird flashbacks um, with like some old like vintage stuff that has nothing to do with Cena or Bray Wyatt, like 80s stuff. And then we see a flashback to the uh, angle with uh, Cena and Kurt Angle. And Vince, the puppet, is telling Cena if he has, you know, the ruthless ruthless aggression. He's, he keeps asking about the ruthless aggression. Does he have it? And uh, John Cena comes out into this ring. Now, they have this ring that's in this dark room. And um, that's where a lot of this uh, action, if you can say, is happening and uh, John Cena comes out dressed like the prototype, which is <laughs> like, what the hell? Bray tells him he can look, but he can't touch. Ouch. There's some weird uh, throwback Saturday night's main event montage, which gets thrown to Bray Wyatt behind a cage, cutting like an old school promo, says that big man John is his partner. And you see John like feverishly lifting these weights, so fast, in fact, that when he finally tries to go to punch Bray, he can't get his arms up um, because he's been flexing so hard. Bray says, you know, egomania is running wild, brother. 
Uh, we then see Cena walk in front of the SmackDown fist. He's the doctor of thug- thugonomics. He tries to do a rap on Bray. Bray is trying to tear him down. He's calling him a bully, says he'll do anything for fame, calls him poor, lonely John Cena. Uh, he hits Cena with chains. Then we get a flashback to the old preacher man, Bray. Um, they go to clips from WrestleMania 30 with the crowd singing. He's got the whole world in his hands. Bray says it's time to rewrite history. We're back in the ring. He goes for sister Abigail. Cena reverses Bray and Bray says that's not enough to finish me. Superman Cena tries to take Bray out, but he disappears. Um, I don't know if this was here a little bit earlier, but I had to put this in my notes. Puppet Vince, uh, screamed that this is such good shit, which is a play on the Moxley interview from, uh, God only knows how long ago what was it like a year ago now, uh, or almost a year ago. Now we're flashing into Monday Nitro. NWO Monday Nitro, which literally has nothing to do with Bray Wyatt or John Cena. I don't know why this is here, but we're going to go with it. Bray's in the ring in a uh, Wolfpack shirt, and he's welcoming Cena to the ring, who's in a NWO black and white shirt. And uh, Cena is is trying to beat Bray down, and we're seeing all these flashbacks of like CM Punk and The Rock, and you know basically that 2011 to 2014, 2015 kind of run. And uh, he ends up that he's not beating up Bray; he's actually beating up Huskus the Pig. And the Fiend shows up from behind him with the mandible claw, uh, brings him down. And gets him in a pin, and we actually see the Fiend has got Bray has got uh, Cena in the Mandible Claw, but it's Bray Wyatt, like regular Bray Wyatt, who's going to count him for the victory. And then after this match is over with, we go back to Titus O'Neil, who by the way is is hosting because Gronk won the belt and he's obviously in hiding now. Uh, and Titus with this this look on his face that is sure to be a meme like everywhere on the internet tomorrow, if it's not already tonight. And he says that he doesn't know what he just saw. I'm like, he is literally all of us right now. Like Titus O'Neil, man of the people. Finally, the WWE championship match, Brock Lesnar versus drew McIntyre. Uh, Brock is hitting McIntyre in the corner multiple times with that thing where he throws his shoulders and his head into him, you know, basically almost like a battering ram over and over and over again until McIntyre, uh, hits him with a claymore. Uh, he goes to pin Brock, Brock kicks out. Announcers say that that is in fact the first person to kick out of the claymore. Uh, Lesnar then goes into the German suplexes or AKA suplex city bitch. Um, he goes for an F five drew kicks out at a one count, another F five kick out, another F five kick out F five, uh, again, but then reverse into a claymore, then another claymore, then another claymore, a fourth claymore. If you're keeping count there and drew gets the win one, two, three, that is WrestleMania night two. man. What a weekend. I have to give WWE credit because with everything, with, with all the circumstances surrounding this event and all the, the drama and the critics and all this stuff, because, you know, like I've said, I've been very vocal. I thought they should have postponed this event, but all things considered the event that they put out was actually very, very good. Both nights were good. I still think in my personal opinion, the best stuff I saw was probably the boneyard match between undertaker and AJ styles from night one. And then even though it was really, really long edge and Randy Orton, uh, from night two, 
Those are probably my two favorite matches. Um, sprinkle in the uh, Charlotte Rhea Ripley in there. That was really, really good. All in all, I just have to give them credit where credit was due. This was a great two nights. Uh, you could tell that the talent, they were all motivated. Even with this situation, they were all motivated to put on a good show. And they did just that. So, you know, was it the best WrestleMania ever? No, of course not. But it was really, really good. I, I enjoyed it. And, you know, looking around on Twitter, kind of reading what wrestling fans are saying, reading Reddit, which I know can be kind of a cesspool at times. Um, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't like a ton of hate for either one of these shows in the last two nights. I mean, there was, you know, the typical stuff that you're critical of, but for the most part, people really seem to enjoy this event. And, uh, I am in that minor, or I don't want to say minority. I am in that group. I, I enjoy the event and I look forward to this, uh, Tuesday recording, uh, wrestling informant radio with the Alan Martin, our first wrestling podcast together in over five long years. And we're going to run down both nights for you guys. Long form. Uh, we're going to run down every match in detail and talk about everything. I just wanted to come on here with kind of my quick hits, my quick thoughts of the events. And if you have not seen the show, if you just listen to this podcast, but you've not watched, I would encourage you to check it out, but definitely seek out the boneyard match last man standing you almost have to watch the firefly funhouse because it was really just all over the place it's hard to explain i didn't hate it uh alan actually texted me saying he hated it so i'm looking forward to chatting with him on tuesday to find out kind of where his head's at with that match among other things so um and look out for this undertaker documentary the last ride that they're going to be putting out here that looked really, really good. So that is going to do it for me for now. I will be back uh, probably this weekend with a recap on whatever may have happened on Raw, AEW, and whatever else news comes out of this event. I'll be back with that probably, uh, probably over the weekend. But I want to thank you guys for checking out the show. Again, um, Apple Podcasts, if you're listening to me on there, leave a review. Sharing is caring, all that good stuff. And I'm going to get out of here for now. Have a good night, guys. I got to go to bed. I will talk to you guys very, very soon. Thank you.